Did you know Thomas Jefferson received a 1,200 pound block of cheddar cheese for his presidential inauguration? That a 17th century pope spent $25,000 on sugar sculptures for a single banquet? Can you tell me exactly why was Marie Antoinette so hung up about cake? Medievalist and food historian Laura Carlson brings you The Feast, a podcast where meals make history. Let Laura take you on a culinary journey to the past. Find out how food and drink has changed the course of history from royal banquets to revolutionary lunch counters. What ancient and medieval foods are lurking in your kitchen cabinet? Discover the histories behind your favorite recipes from tofu to ketchup to beer. Join Laura Carlson on The Feast, brought to you by Podglomerate. Because food is just history on a plate. Dig in. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles fame. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays, 8 to 10 p.m., G-Town Radio. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are dipping back into that glorious, never-ending bag of Vince's obsessions. And we are pulling out (laughs) his obsession with Kerry Washington, which goes all the way back to 2001 and her starring role in Lyft. You know what? Restraining order is such a nasty word. And yet, I prefer to think of it as parameters of our relationship. Mm. And some prefer to refer to it as shackles on your feet. (laughs) We're going to be reviewing Lyft, ladies and gentlemen. uh, I just wanted to know what her hair smelled like. (laughs) That's all. I just wanted to know what her hair smelled like. Is that so bad? Does that make me a bad person? She was in the shower. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that made the intrusion illegal. Yes, yes, yes. That's the part. (laughs) That's the part. (laughs) Not the Jimmy in at the door. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is all made up. Yes. (laughs) Theater of the mind. Yes, yes. Theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. I bet it does smell like strawberries. So uh, before we go down that rabbit hole (laughs) again. As always, ladies and gentlemen, we like to thank each and every one of you that gives us your feedback and your messages and some say complaints via email at michellemission at gmail.com and like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Michelle Mission. Now, remember, I have an addendum to our binge lounge should i do oh, that right. at the beginning or the end no let's do that now let's get it out of the way okay we just did a binge lounge we just recorded a binge lounge yes we recorded a binge and lounge. we haven't you know obviously posted it yet it hasn't been released but it is mainly about conspiracy theories and and 
a great deal of cartoon conspiracy theories. Yes. And we posted asking the missionaries, you know, hey, anybody, you know, what do you want to talk about? And I said when someone mentioned cartoon conspiracy theories that I had never really heard that type of terminology. Right. And then people were going back and forth, including my brother, kind of posting different conspiracies. After we taped the episode, Joseph Lechuga reminded me mm-hmm. that I actually do have a cartoon conspiracy theory. And I think we've talked about it briefly at some point. But we didn't bring it up. But on we the didn't binge bring lounge. it up on the binge lounge about Michigan J. Frog. Oh, yes. Michigan J. Frog from the Warner Brothers. From cartoon. the Warner Brothers cartoon. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Who was the frog who sang? Yes. In front of the guy who found him. Yes. But then would never sing in front of other people. Right. I think he's actually a demon. A demon? He's actually a demon. Think about it. It's established in the cartoon that this is extraordinary, that this frog can talk and sing. Mm -hmm. So this isn't, you know, Warner Brothers world where it's Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck. Like, this is the ordinary world. Right. This man finds this frog... That can sing, Mm -hmm. which is so extraordinary that he wants to cash in on the frog like he tries to go into show business. He tries to tell other people. And the joke throughout the cartoon is that whenever he brings somebody in, the frog just goes ribbit. Right. Until the end of the cartoon where he's carted away to a mental institution. Yes. How, what what is that? Like, how was that the plot? I mean, how's that the plot? I, I thought think, he was crazy, but he's not crazy because we, as the viewer, yes, we saw Michigan J Frog sing. Yes, we so know. we know that right. We know no one else knows. So what we are watching is a demon drive a man crazy. Because remember, at the end of the cartoon, he kind of smiles at us. Like, he kind of breaks the fourth wall and smiles at the viewer. No, he doesn't. Oh, he does. No, he doesn't. Oh, he does. No, he doesn't. Oh, he does. No, he doesn't. He's a demon. No, he doesn't. At the end of, the, at the end of Cartoon, he's, uh winds up buried in, like, the cornerstone of some building that is not unearthed until far off in the future. And then someone finds him. Someone finds him. He opens him up. He's still alive, miraculously. Because he's a demon. Starts singing. And that guy, in his spacesuit, reasons, oh my gosh, I can get so many uh, blooms or... Right, right. Space quarters. Yes. <laughs> and then the cycle begins anew. Right. Because he's a demon. But you, but I'm saying you don't see the, the frog smiling. So smiling... First of all, how many times did he appear in the cartoons? Is it just the one cartoon? It literally is just the one cartoon. And, yet, and then he becomes the, the, the mascot for the WB Network. So somehow, with all of the different one-off cartoons, mm-hmm. this is the one... That they chose. That they chose. To be the mascot. He's a demon. No. He's a demon. He's not a demon. Michigan J. Frog is a demon. Okay. I think demon may be too harsh a word. Let's say he's a gremlin. Because gremlins are mischievous. Okay. we're. Sp- I mean, how's that mischievous? You got me committed to a mental institution. Ha ha. It's funny to me. 
I'm laughing. Right. We're not all laughing. We're not all laughing at all. <laughs> Trust me. Me and my frog buddies, me and Kermit, <laughs> yeah, see? we're cracking the hell up. So there you go, Joseph. Can I get to our now, feedback now? on to the feedback. Thank you. Thank you, Vince. With your, uh, with your, your approval, I'd like to go to Instagram. We don't always go to Instagram. All right. I posted Instagram, um, the the uh, poster of what we were viewing last week is Vince, Vince drops the phone. It drops the microphone. Uh, what we were we re, what we reviewed last week, which was menace to society. Yes, a lot of interesting feedback from that. Um, Adrian Siobhan said that this was an absolutely impeccable movie. Okay, we um, tend to agree. J Princess Boone. Okay. Hey, J Princess Boone. Writes that she appreciates the insight from our dialogue. Thank you. Got me Googling the names that you dropped. Fun lesson. All right. Aaron Fry. What's up, Aaron? Well, he wants to know what was the longest amount of time you've waited on a line for a movie or performance of any kind? Oh. Oh, we, we, we. We've talked about this before. I, I I slept in a parking lot to see Prince for Prince tickets. Absolutely. PG Plaza right outside of College Park, Maryland. Mm. That That is waiting. So now you slept in the parking lot. Right. Because it, but technically it was you a ticket master. Mm-hmm. You know, ticket master was in uh, the mall. Right. And you had to wait for the mall to open to get to the ticket master desk. Right. So we slept outside the night before. But technically, you weren't in the in the right. Right, I wasn't in the line. No. Okay. So that does that really count? Okay, if that doesn't count, I don't know. Like, like because once actually you was because, in a line because you were waiting for it to open, and so then, then once it opened, how long were you in line? Maybe about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, so that don't count. Because I mean, sleeping. I don't get credit for sleeping in the car. No. No, no credit for sleeping in the no. car. Okay. Because well, if you were sleeping in the car and then still got in line and had right. to wait an hour. Then had to wait an hour. Because that means that So we're was, talking about physical lines. Now. Yeah, you were so, actually standing there. You so know. like the 12 hours I spent a couple of months ago trying to get into the Hamilton lottery to get tickets for my, for my sister, for my uh, daughter to go see Hamilton. That doesn't count either. 12 hours? Oh, yeah. You were in line? I mean, I was on the phone. Like waiting to get into... The little waiting room things for you to buy the tickets. Wait, you know wait. everything's online now, right? So what did you have to do? You had to call. No, no, you had to basically go into a virtual waiting room mm-hmm. and then wait for your turn to buy the tickets. Are you serious? Oh, come on, stop! No, I've never heard of this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not even that bad. Like I have, yeah, yeah. Like I actually have a happy ending. With my story buying Hamilton tickets because you got the tickets because I got the tickets right yeah I've 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 heard horror stories of people and then you know people are entering lotteries and things and so you know I did that a couple of months ago wow yeah oh yeah uh, I've never heard of that yeah uh, I think the you don't you don't have a thirteen year old daughter either it's been a while so there you go and I never stayed online when I stayed online with her when she was in her. Teen years, it was mostly lines at an amusement park. Right, right. So, oh yeah, well that's, that's different. Yeah, uh, I think the, the longest I stayed online for 
tickets. It's two times. One to see the Jacksons. That's a good one. On tour. They came to JFK Stadium. And um, we weren't online for the tickets, but we were in line to get in to the stadium. Right. And because it was like uh, almost like, um, I guess, what's it called? Field seating or whatever. Oh, right, right, right. So me and my sisters, my two sisters, and I think maybe my, my one sister, my older sister, girlfriend, we were there online. I know we got online like around one o'clock that afternoon. The show was scheduled to start at eight. Right. It did not start until 10. Yeah. Because yeah, of yeah. rain. Right. They did not let us in until 8.30. So we, and we, you were on line. So that was it. Uh, I think the other thing, now that I think about it, was, was that was standing online to see Barack Obama. We, we, we both oh, right, line. right, right. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. That was, a, that was. And it was long. And it didn't even feel like a line. It really did. It felt like a party. It did because you were just bugging out talking yeah. to everybody. It was like, oh, we'll go to see your Barack. Yeah. Um, so Can you believe this thing's gone this far? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Aaron also hit us up on Twitter. That's where he hit us up. I didn't know his Twitter uh, designation. His Twitter designation is at Man of Harmony. Nice. It's very soothing. It is. He said, um, when Sammy is the star of a movie, he is a better actor. Have either of you remember one of these classics, Sammy Davis Jr. in A Man Called Adam? I've never seen A Man Called Adam. Or Sammy Davis Jr. with Eartha Kitt yeah. in Anna Lucasta. I've never seen that either. I've heard of A Man I've Called heard, Adam. Yeah, I've heard of both of them, and I've never seen either one. Yeah. Sammy Davis, and I'm a, I'm a huge... I, I honestly, when I think about it, I can't say huge, but I am a Sammy Davis Jr. fan. Mm -hmm. But the more I learn about his life, the more I'm like, oh, you was a little iffy sometimes. Man. I mean, he was mad complicated. I actually love yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. Like this is actually one of my triggers. Yeah, he was real complicated. He man. was real. It's actually one of my favorite biographies of all time. Sammy Davis? Sammy Davis Jr.'s biography. I know this is going to... I've never read his biography. Oh, oh, there's... there's. So so what I suggest is... I mean, I know his story. Right, so though. Yes, I Can is the famous one. Mm -hmm. And then he wrote one after that, but there's a combined one mm -hmm. called Sammy. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Did he write it? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I've read enough books and seen, and I, I read up on type of this stuff, so I feel like I do know his life. You're right, right. And you know, like everybody else went through a Rat Pack period, so you know. Oh yeah. Read all the Franks and not. And then, you know, I've always, I've said this before, Dino, Dean Martin's biography mm -hmm. is one of my favorite biographies. Well, Dean, Dean, you know, I'm a Sam man, and you know, Frank, Frank is cool. But Dino was the man. Oh, yeah. Dino was the smoothest man on hey, earth. Hey, man. Every, every man in America wanted to be Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra wanted to be Dean, Dean Martin. Martin. But um, I like Sammy Davis a lot in Porky and Bess. Yeah. Speaking of demons. Yeah. Like his sporting life is actually a demon. Mm -hmm. And And, you know, we've talked about this before. Like one of our grails is they kind of untangle the legalities with Porgy and Bess. Mm -hmm. And 
actually release a pristine print of it. Because he's amazing in Porgy and Bess. He, he was a very talented man. Doesn't, but, uh, get, doesn't get his due. Not at all. But yeah, I guess we should do some Sammy Davis. We we are. I hear we're doing all of them. That's the word on the street. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've heard recently that uh, Ariel Johnson of a Mountain I, I did House hear has joined the Black. Trials. I did. There was a there was a tremor in the nerd force. Yes, in the blurred force. So when she joined, and last week was her first show, she um, all of the tribbles. We have, you know, our own designations, like I'm Bat Tribble. Yes. But we also have designations that speak to the opposite sex as well. So okay. each of us has like an opposite sex designation. Like mine is Montgomery Tribble. Okay. Because my first crush was Elizabeth Montgomery. Okay. Be Witch. All right. So Ariel, who was the Amalgam Tribble. Yes. Which she took when she the first time she was on the show back in 2015 and she wanted to change that. Okay. Because her true love is X-Men. Yes. So she became the uncanny triple. Okay. Nice. But she's still holding on to a triple. So As nobody, well she should. So nobody can have that. But she wanted to take on a, a guy triple. Okay. You know, the opposite sex thing. So calling herself a comedian mm-hmm. and trying to be funny uh, and in full knowledge of my feelings in regards to the last dragon, <laughs> Ariel adorned herself with the name Bruce Leroy. <laughs> well, she's got the glow. To which George Kimono quickly put a meme up on our on our, <laughs> on our page. It's not nice, George. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. I do. Sorry. It's whatever. So, yeah. So welcome. Everybody. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Also, and this is going back a little bit, but I was looking through our SoundCloud account. Mm-hmm. Where we have had um, more than a few people enjoying our show. And we thank each and every one of you. We certainly do. This goes back a little bit to when we uh, did Love and Basketball. Okay. Tech Life Steph. Yeah. David Ashley. Hey, what's up, David? Was listening to that show. And somewhere in that show, I, I, I be- believe, you know, the eternal debate of kid and play versus nice and smooth oh up. lord jesus it's, <laughs> it's like the herpes of the michelle mission <laughs> <laughs> and dave said sorry david ashley here and i'm a first-time listener <laughs> I just battled with this question for the last three minutes, and I think I'm going to have to give the edge to Nicest Move just because they were a part of more hip-hop classics than Kid and Play. Yes, yes. Please don't sleep on Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody. The song is dope, and and it's not their only one. Mm -hmm. But... Sometimes I rhyme slow. Sometimes yes, I rhyme that's what quick. I hear. And you know, for another preview of 
the uh, binge lounge, we were talking about different cartoons and Scooby-Doo riffs. And we talked about Rickety Rocket and how Rickety Rocket was was just amazingly racist Mm. and crazy. There is one member of Nice and Smooth that actually said, and I quote, Rickety Rocket was my favorite cartoon. And then he said, after marriage, the honeymoon. Because why wouldn't you say that after Rickety Rocket is my favorite cartoon? You leave Greg Nice. <laughs> Greg Nice had a way, a Shakespearean way with couplets that people don't understand. Yes, if Shakespeare has some type of head injury. <laughs> Have you seen that dome? <laughs> the reason why his hair is split a certain Yes. Way. It's okay, neither does he. <laughs> As we all know, Dizzy Gillespie plays the sax. You are, you are going to leave. You really, you, you really need to leave my man alone. All I'm doing is quoting the man. Did you see the new Luke Cage trailer? I have not seen the new Luke Cage trailer. No, my goodness. Gracious. Now, I have seen, what I have seen, however, is I did see... Um, Simone Missick mm-hmm. posted a little video with her and her bionic arm. Yes. That looks nice. Yes, sir. I think she also posted the clip of her and Colleen Wing. Oh, did she? Fighting in the fighting in the uh fighting in, in the bar. So it was like that. the daughters of the dragon. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands? With your hands. Also with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. I'm doing their thing. Okay. So. And it is officially time for us to get into our review of Lift. Don't this, have a trailer. This is my silence because there's no trailer. <laughs> um, Lift, ladies and gentlemen, from 2001, a film that stars Kerry Washington, Lynette McGee, and Eugene Bird, directed by Demaine Davis from a story of her own as well. Uh, it's actually directed, credited as directed by Demaine Davis and Carrie Streeter. Mm-hmm. So it's two directors credited to this film that takes us into the world of boosters or shoplifters, where a charismatic, intelligent young female booster, played by Carrie Washington, from a dysfunctional family, notably her mother and her grandmother, uh, 
engages in the illegal occupation of shoplifting, a non-stereotypical view of how problematic family relations fed her foray into a criminal profession. That is our film tonight on the Michelle Mission that was brought to us by Vince. What say you of Lyft? What say of Lyft? I like Lyft. I don't love Lyft, but I like Lyft. And, and you know, I'll, I'll ex- accentuate the positive. I like the storyline. Like, I like the actual plot. Like, I think oftentimes when we have these these films about, you know, black criminals, black outlaws, mm-hmm. it's very specific type of crime. Mm-hmm. You know, we're drug dealers. We're super violent. It's, you know, some hip hop being played, this, that, and the other. And this notion of of this this culture of shoplifting like high end shoplifting where it almost fits into the tradition of of grifting yep almost or 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 you know the you know schemes if you will which oftentimes we are not part of those stories mm-hmm. and it makes perfect sense like like the whole the whole notion of a grift the whole notion of this sort of sleight of hand involves a certain element of either a trust and or the ability to be invisible mm-hmm. and black people generally don't we aren't able to do that mm-hmm. so you know it's you're not really gonna have a black bernie madoff or you know a, a black you know again grifter so i like the fact that this 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 film found a space for that I like how much Boston is a part of the way this film looks like it was filmed on location in Boston. Um, as you said, a film, a, a film made by um, Demaine Davis and Carrie Streeter and Carrie Streeter. And it's hard, it's hard to find anything about Carrie Streeter at on Demaine Davis is not someone that I am familiar with outside of this film. Although just sort of reading about it, she was one of the, female directors mm-hmm. that Ava DuVernay tapped yes, and Queen now Sugar. for Queen Sugar. So now she's part of Queen Sugar. So, you know, this is somebody who is actually in the mix. So I like Boston and I like Boston um, being a part of the landscape of this film. I love mother daughter stories, love mother daughter stories. And I, I, cause I feel like that is a relationship that, is always excellent territory for film mm-hmm. because it's oftentimes one that is is nuanced it is a relationship that you know if the dialogue is sharp you get a lot out of it um it is a relationship that you get women talking to each other about something that's not a man yeah. Most of the time. So I like mother daughter relationships on film. A couple of actors in here that I'm I'm really fond of. You, you know, we really, You don't say. Well, hey, 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 we're gonna get to Kerry Washington. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking I know, right? <laughs> Eugene Bird is one of these actors who you recognize his face. Mm-hmm. And he's an actor that doesn't, you know, here's something we say all the time. He doesn't work as much as he should. 
Right. But you saw him throughout the early part of the 21st century. And I like him. Like, I think he's personable. I think he has um, a a certain amount of charisma. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have a whole lot to do in this film. But I like him in the parts that he's there. Yes. To circle back to this whole grifting family, I love this this almost this subculture that the filmmakers set up where this is a multi-generational crime family that they shoplift and and they boost and and you know you get the sense you know they're doing uh fake checks and credit cards but this has been going on for a couple of generations and i thought that was again something you don't see that often so that always kind of stuck out to me lynette mckee love me some lynette mckee love me some lynette mckee and i think this film along with jungle fever Mm. were the films where like these are the films that helped me to articulate what i've said oftentimes on this podcast that there are some actors that it's nice when they get a little older so that they're not just being cast for how they look right so that you know lynette mckee beautiful woman in this film beautiful woman in jungle fever but they're just old enough that you can tell that they're given an opportunity to act. Okay. And Lynette McKee's performance as this sort of emos- emotionally abusive, withdrawn mother mm-hmm. with this really complicated relationship with her daughter and, and you know, her own mother. I really liked her performance. Uh, there, there are two scenes between she and Kerry Washington that I wrote in my notes, I, I could just, I could just watch the two of them. Like I, I almost wish it was almost a dinner with Andre situation. What scenes are you talking? Uh, there's a scene where they go out to lunch. Okay. Yeah. And then there's a scene at the very end where, where at the end of the film where, where, where Lynette McKee gives this great monologue mm-hmm. about, you know, what she did or did not do as a mother. And, I, you know, I wrote in my notes both times, I could just watch a film, almost a two-person play of these two women right. talking to each other. And then there's Kerry Washington. And this is the first thing I've ever seen Kerry Washington in. Oh, really? And when I saw her in this, I said the same thing about Kerry Washington that I said previously about Sidney Poitier when we were talking about him into Sir with Love. There are some actors, there are some people, Sidney Poitier we just named, um, Jill Scott, Zoe Saldana, um, Anika Noni Rose, and Carrie, Wa- I just like watching them move. Like, I know it sounds sexist and, you know, there is and certainly there is a degree of of the women in particular are very attractive. But I like watching them move. Mm. And there are scenes in this film where they show Carrie Washington's character, Nisi, plying her trade Mm -hmm. where she is this high end shoplifter. Mm. But she has to navigate these very high class white shops. Mm hmm. And like I said at the beginning, 
it when when you think about this, like like you you know, it's the stereotype. It's the old joke. Like I can't even go in the supermarket and buy a quarter milk without somebody quote unquote helping me, right, or following me around. So the first hump you have to get over in a film like this is making me believe that this black woman is able to get these people to drop their guard enough for her to be this sort of master thief that has never been caught. Right. And I think she pulls it off. I think the scenes where they show her, she says it, you know, what part of the dialogue she says, I have the talk. I have the walk. I have the, and she does. She, 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 it's, it's like watching someone dance, watching Carrie Washington move in these scenes. Okay. I think Kerry Washington, even at this point, is a good actress. And like I said, the scenes between she and Lynette McKee are good scenes that I really, after each each scene ended, I wanted to see them more. Mm-hmm. So that I like this film a lot, but I think that's a good segue into, you know, I think there are challenges or, or there are problems with this film first and foremost you know like i wrote in notes in a big box this film is kind of like crab imperial we're like you know it's like the crab dishes is basically almost like uh, they take crab and they mix it and they put like cheddar cheese on it oh and it's very rich and it's like you have crab meat which is really really good Mm -hmm. and then you have cheese and that's really really good and then you put it together and it's almost like it takes away from both of them. Right. Negate each other. They negate each other. So you have this storyline with this family of women mm-hmm. and the sort of, you know, implied and stated abuse that has been intergenerational. Mm-hmm. And it's a solid, good plot and storyline. Mm-hmm. And then you have this story about this crime family, you, you know, that sort of shoplifts and everything. But it's too much for one film. Like, I wish they would have picked one of the plots. Gotcha. Because either one of the plots could have held the film. Right. And both of them together kind of is, is just too much. Which not a really then, good mix. Which makes it not enough at all. You're right. Speaking of the crime family, if, if you're going to have them be this sort of um, sophisticated level of, of, of theft and crime. Mm-hmm. The whole deal with the thug part (laughs) and the criminals and, you know, sidebar, I have never understood Fredo Starr and Sticky Fingers' whole acting career. Like, I have never understood how them two dudes from Onyx got to act. Fredo Starr is in here looking like... No, he's not. It's Sticky Fingers. I'm sorry. Sticky Fingers is in here looking like he's escape from the set of um state property <laughs> pooch hall is in this with an eye patch and it's like what is what is this that was a choice the yes, eye patch it, was a choice it was, the eye patch was a choice it was a distracting choice and a choice i wouldn't have made yeah he's not on the scene that that much and and you know it, it's it's like so the crime part 
And then that part with, and then, you know, we haven't even mentioned it. Like, you come to find out the character is pregnant. So it's just, it was just too much. It's a little al- bit too much plot. It's almost like they didn't trust the plot to carry itself. Mm. And that really does, at the end of the day, bring down the overall film. Right. But again, I like this film. You, you know, regarding outside of all of those things, I like this film. You come away with liking it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, um, and I had not seen the film um but i i liked it and i think the the first reason why i liked the movie was because the film quickly established a look there was a decided look to the film that the main davis was going to give this a lot of fish eye views with the camera um a lot of changing your perspective sometimes sometimes you're looking up at the camera sometimes the camera is coming out of the trunk looking up at camp and looking up at the characters uh there was there was a definitive filming style which adds to the the storytelling it aids in the storytelling of the film so i appreciated that i appreciated that she's just not like Turning the cameras on and let's go. No, she had a she had an idea. She had a look that she was going for. So that told me like, okay, I'm here because this is the director that knows what she wants to do. Then it's a it's a the script of the movie is for the most part very tight. There are some places where you hear a little bit of improvising to kind of just waiting for like the scene to get going or something like that. For the most part, it's, it's a very tight film and it's tight where it needs to be specifically where you said in the scenes that have to do with either the family dynamic or the dynamic of Kerry Washington and Eugene bird, his character is Angelo. It's tight in there in that, because of the situations that are happening, be it the the crime that's being set up and taken on or the domestic issues that are being talked about in a lot of screenwriters hands, that would have been the time for the big monologue the big sermon on the mound or I'm going to tell you about yourself right now. You know, especially in the scenes between the mother and the daughter. And sometimes you can hear the character revving up for something like that. But as in real life, they're cut off. Like, no, I don't even want to hear it. You know, or the person walks out, Mm -hmm. which just gave the scene and the script that much more authenticity. So I appreciated that Mm -hmm. watching this. Also, because a lot of the dialogue that you heard in this movie sounded uh, authentic, especially the dialogue of the women. It sounded like women would really speak with one another. Right. Uh, so I appreciated that as well. Um, the chemistry of everybody, like you said, uh, Lynette McGee and... Kerry Washington, they have some dynamic scenes between them. There's actually a dynamic scene that 
is uh, between the entire family, Kerry Washington, Lynette McGee, her Lynette McGee's mother played by Barbara Montgomery. Mm -hmm. And then um, Lynette McGee's sister uh, and her husband, there's an entire like middle section right there that speaks of one of the best sitcom families I've ever heard of (laughs) because it is funny yet it is also full of such tension and drama that you know it I've certainly been in that kitchen before Mm -hmm. where both things are evident and alive and just bleeding off of the walls so that just spoke so true to me I was like wow this I'm really digging it. I am. I was just, and I'll be honest. I was not expecting much in this film. I like Carrie Washington. Maybe not as much as you, but I like, I appreciate Carrie Washington. She, she impressed me Mm -hmm. in this film. She really, she really did in being able to hold, hold the lead. Keep me captivated in this film. Even keep me captivated in the, criminal element of the movie which is decidedly the MacGuffin that is that is there just to get the lay person in to trick you into thinking like oh this is going to be this great uh, 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 heist film mm-hmm. or something like that um, that's just to get your butt in the seats but this movie is all about the relationships between these women in the movie but even then I like the inventiveness in those crime scenes when she is, when she, when the crimes are being pulled off in any other black film, you've got some fast paced R and B or some funked out hip hop Mm -hmm. here. You've got classic music because she is, as she said, operating on another level. I'm not rolling with the thugs. I'm, I'm, doing this uh, with, you know, in her mind, an elevated mind and trying to play off the, the, um, play off the, 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 the scene that she's trying to set up in like that. She is of this world when she steps into these high end salons and, and stores. That's why you have the classic movie, the classic music, playing there until you step out of those those spaces right when the when the music changes very abruptly but not to hip-hop it it changes to the music of the street what music just some young boy beating down on buckets right it's and it's like i'm like wow that is and it, it just gives immediately brings the urgency of the escape from these spaces right in your face. It was brilliant storytelling right there. And I just, I was along for the ride mm-hmm. in this. Also, pleasant surprise, I don't think I've ever seen anybody in a film run as well as Kerry Washington did. <laughs> maybe, with the exception of maybe Tom Cruise. Right, I've right. I've never seen anybody run in the film as well as Kerry Washington, she needs to be doing the Flojo story. She was running like somebody was actually chasing her. She was. She really was. Yeah. She was, she was breaking, man. Yeah. And then there's a scene at the 
again, just such such real death hands in the, in the direction. There's a scene at the end of one of those chases when she gets home and she runs into her bathroom and, 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 and uh, throws up. And just the whole way that that was shot was just so expertly done, man. I mean, mm-hmm. like, forget Spike Lee. Some of the, the, some of the greatest filmmakers of all time have not impressed me as much as that scene just the way it was shot and the whole the whole execution of it and the acting like hit me yeah yeah it just really did um the the scene where you talked about you know the character carrie washington's character is pregnant and she has to tell angelo there's an authenticity to that yeah scene and the, the gamut of emotions that run in that those scenes, all of them authentic, all of them earned by what they've gone through right. and what they have just said to one another. Right. It was just really, really well done. Yeah. The crime element of this movie is the letdown makes zero sense. Right. It makes absolutely no sense, but it's there because. It, like I said, that's what got your butts in the seat. And the way it all wraps up, you feel like maybe the the story is like, oh, we've got to end it. Okay, let's tie this bow real quick. Right. Um, so they do that, even though to their to their um to their credit, the bow is not exactly tied. I was gonna say very yeah, well. Not really. Not really. Yeah. And I and I I'm always a sucker for a film that does not end with the bow tie. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that because that to me there's that's courage in your storytelling. Yeah. And especially this is not the main Davis first film, mm-hmm. but it's our second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our first film was a short film. Yeah. So to do that in your first feature length film, I, I, I say huzzah. Yeah. Um and it's a shame that this is really only her her filmography is so small. Here we go again. Because here we go again. This woman should be like she should be, you know, yes, Cassie Lemons her her filmography is small as well. Um but she should be right there with Cassie Lemons. She oh, should yeah. be doing a movie a year at least. Yeah, oh yeah. Um I'm I'm glad that Ava DuVernay, uh, um, again, just goddamn, she's a fantastic woman. Can't yeah. Too much about her has reached out, reached back, and pulling her in to to um, to helm be one of the, the the directors on Queen Sugar. So huzzah for that as well. But I would love for Ava to be minding her mind for her next story. Yeah. So that her next film could be out there. Ava DuVernay, who I believe now has a very sizable deal with Netflix. Hey, put that, put her movie on there. Yeah. And, and you know, as we, I think we mentioned it. I don't know if this was in the film in the movies like i don't it know wasn't, it wasn't out. a sundance it film was a, festival, right so under under our, under our new rules <laughs> right right it, it got in <laughs> got in yeah yeah but um it does seem like she's tailor-made to make these kind of films yeah man and and you know kind of um like you said mind this talent for these stories that you don't necessarily 
see that often. Yeah. And and another thing I wanted to mention, you said about Lynette McGee, and you mentioned how she is emotionally abusive. Yes. To uh, Kerry Washington and to her family. And to her family. Right. I appreciate that even more so because it's a quiet performance, though. Yes. It's not... It's not her. It's not. It's not um, precious. Precious. Yeah. You know. It's very. It's 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 quiet. Well, she's withholding. Abuse. Yeah. Yeah. She's withholding. withholding the yeah. emotion. Withholding the affection. Yeah. You know. Um, yet, but while still help me out, get this for me. Well, it's it's withholding. It's manipulative. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. She's also hurt herself, which, you know, you're talking about deft filmmaking and storytelling. There's a quick moment, like what, a second, two seconds where Lynette McKee says that, you know, I would wear this type of clothing if I could. Yeah. And you think it's just sort of almost stereotypical vanity. Mm -hmm. But then she leans over and you see that she has a burn around her collarbone. And... Through a couple of comments throughout the film, you you know, you find you out piece together. You piece together that her father was abusive towards her, her sister and her mother. Physically abusive. Yes. But it's like you said, it's it's not a, a huge dramatic monologue. It's not, you know, a whole a big thing, but it's there and it informs the rest of her performance and it for and it and it is touched on in the end without it being like thrown in your face right which is again uh expert story right but you you know to your point about that being the main part and you know apparently i have more affection for parts of the crime story than you do i, I think you're right the family story is the stronger story. Mm-hmm. But I think part of the reason it's so strong is, is again, it, it's almost, I think Kerry Washington, you know, and I do, I think Kerry Washington gets you over the disbelief that a black woman could be this kind of thief without having more scrutiny. Right. But once you bring in uh Christian, who's the, the, the second generation boosting crime Lord, <laughs> and his band of thieves it 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 kind of throws you all you, you know as, as you mentioned there is a big heist but the big heist is let me see one two three four five black people under the age of 30 yeah and a high-end jewelry store who aren't together there's no way on God's green earth that this isn't drawing more scrutiny. All yeah. these people in this one little store, they're not together. And they're pulling off this elaborate heist that involves wigs. Yeah, pretty and much sunglasses. A, a, wigs and Because Hooch Hall is wearing sunglasses inside looking at the counter. Oh, and you, but you in a suit. But you, uh, you're forgetting the leopard print um, miniskirt, right? She was the distraction. Yes, bending over in front of the security guard. Yeah, and that takes away. 
It does from it, and, and you know I do agree. Like I said it's 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 unbelievable <laughs> to the tenth power. Yeah, yeah. Although I would say that it does serve the purpose of getting Nisi, Carrie Washington's character, in a position where her mother has to help her. But that's all it's there for, though. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's why that's I say, true. You know, so but you know, it's um. It, I, I came away, like I said, I came away not expecting much and really enjoying this film. Yeah. I just really enjoyed it. Could I nitpick it to death? Yes, I could. But I think overall, there is so much good yeah. in this film that you just sit back and you just en- you just enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I've, I've, I've liked this film and then, you know, I think I probably caught it on Showtime at some point, right? After it was on um, the circuit, mm-hmm. on the festival circuit, it was on, and and I did. It's been a running joke in my house with my wife when I had a column in Baltimore in the city paper. I used to, she was a running, but when I saw Carrie Washington, I said, "Oh yeah, she's the one." Like she's the one, and I've enjoyed watching her career prosper so much, and it kind of starts here. Okay, I feel like we have to nail this down, Vince. Okay, because you've got a lot of ones. Hey, man, you got Lynette McGee. Uh, yes, McKee. You got Carrie uh, Washington. Yes, you've got Anika Noni Rose. Oh, Lord have mercy. I mean, Jill Scott. Jill Scott. Jill Scott's on my team. There can only be one. See, like with me, I appreciate a lot of people. But there is decidedly only one. Right. That is Nia Long. That's that's your one? Yes. I have to pick one? You gotta have one, Vince. Otherwise, because now you're just coming out off like a guy who just likes to shoot off hyperboles all the time. No, no. I think that there are people and there are but actors. You, said, you just said Kerry Washington is the one. No, I, no. I'm saying she's the one in this film to watch. Like, if I had, like, like. An overall one? You have to have one. Why do I have to have an overall one? Well, because I think you do. I think everyone does. I mean, oh, that's so hard. This is a real like Sophie's if, choice here. I haven't even talked about Gabrielle Union. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pick one? Why I got to pick one? You have to pick one, Vince. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Who would I pick? See? See, it's easy for me. It's Nia Long. I appreciate uh, Anika Noni Rose. Can I love all of them? I love them all. I love myself some Shanola Hampton from Shameless. I think she's gorgeous. Well, it's not just about being gorgeous. It's not because it's about everything. It's everything. It is everything. It is everything. But it, when everything is put on the table, oh lord, there I is can, only can, one can, for oh, for the bachelor. I got a Highlander. It yes. There can only be one. Oh, I mean, if I got, I'd, I'd rather not, though. But you have to. I mean, it'd probably be a Nicanoni Rose. Lord have mercy. <laughs> See, I actually think that's her entire name. I think her entire name is a Nicanoni Rose. Pause. Lord have mercy. Like I think that's her entire name. Like some people, it's Esquire. Like people, you pass the bar, you get Esquire. But it's like a Nicanoni Rose. Lord have mercy. So Nicanoni Rose. LHM. Yes, yes, yes. If if I had to. I don't want to, though. I have so many. I do. I do. Listen to me. I do. Listen to me. I do. 
Ew. He made me not even mention my girl. We were just talking about girls' trip. Who I think should be the Regina big Regina Hall. Oh my lord. Yes, Regina Hall. Yeah, I, I can't even bring in Regina Hall. Cause they don't get the they don't get the love they should. I have enough love for all of them. I bet you do. <laughs> but yes, if if I must. If you forced my hand. Yes, I have. Yes, and you can only rose. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lord have mercy. If it's any consolation to you, Vince, you will be what? But Kerry Washington is fantastic. And and I have. Like I have like from the moment I saw this, I said, I hope she does very well. Because she's she's got it. And I've been very happy for her. I wasn't a huge Scandal fan. Like, I watched Scandal maybe the first couple of seasons. But I'm over the moon at the success that Kerry Washington has had. If it's any consolation, this weekend you will have an opportunity, you'll have the opportunity to talk about Regina Hall to your heart's content. Yes. Because Vince and I will be taking a trip to Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, the planet. Where we will record a series of shows set in Brooklyn with very special guests. Yes. And we will be reviewing some of the heavy hitters. We will be reviewing Malcolm X. Oof. That's a real heavy hitter. Yes, it is. We'll be reviewing Glory. A heavy hitter. So we're adding to our our Denzel Washington. Yes, Um, yes, yes. I'm just peeping that. And... We will be reviewing Regina Hall in Girls Trip. In Girls Trip, very. It's very, actually Girl Trip. Girl Trip. I'm very happy for all of the success that Tiffany Haddish has gotten in attention over the past year or so since it came out. But I feel like Regina Hall isn't getting the attention she should get. We'll have but to. But we'll talk about. We'll that. talk about that. Talk I have to explore that. why. Yes. Um, that is happening. We also have a bit of news for people in the Philadelphia area that uh, starting on Monday, June 25th. That's right. You will be able to hear the Michelle mission on a radio station near you. That's right. In the morning, start your more your Monday mornings with Michelle as the Michelle mission will debut Monday, June 25th. On 91.7 WKDU here in Philadelphia, Monday, June 25th. Yes. Mondays with Michelle. Yes. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. We're going to be broadcasting throughout the entire Philadelphia listening area. Yes. All over. All over. You'll be able to wake up on Mondays, your drive, spend your drive time with the Michelle Mission. What better way to spend your drive time? They're talking about black movies. <laughs> talking about, I mean, that's what I do with my drive time anyway. And that week, you'll be able to talk about a movie that'll be fresh on everybody's lips because next week, we are reviewing Superfly. Whoa. But no, <laughs> not the remake that is out in theaters right now. No, we're not going to be reviewing that. 
We're reviewing the actual Superfly. The actual yes. Superfly. Yes. The original yes. Superfly. Yes. And talking about some music. Talking about some music. You had a like chunk of time talking about. I mean, you got to. You have to. With Superfly. You have to. But we will also be able to spend a little bit of time talking about the remake. Because I saw the remake. Oh, Lord. And I will just Lynn, leave it there. Lynn took one for the team. I did, because Vince wouldn't. It's true. I didn't. I had free passes for you, Vince. He did. And I said, they cost too much. <laughs> so. I was grading papers. I was. I, I was. I was actually grading papers. Because, <laughs> like Wu Tang, I'm for the kids. You could have graded them. <laughs> While I was watching, while it, you were watching, I wouldn't have missed much. If there was, I wouldn't have missed some nuance. <laughs> so next week is all super fly. It's all super fly. All super fly. Right here on the Michelle Mission, which we appreciate each and every one of you that likes and follows us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Michelle Mission. Join the Facebook group on uh, Michelle Mission where we're having a whole lot of fun having a great time Um, we invite you to please if you follow us on or subscribe to our show on iTunes then please leave us a rating and a review because that helps people find our show and also if you're looking for other cool podcasts that uh, to listen to you would not find another a better family of podcasts curated just for your listening pleasure than those found on the Podglomerate Podcast Network. Yes, sir. Where our sister and brother podcasters do fantastic works on such great podcasts such as The Feast as well as The Sex Trap. Yes, it's not what you think. It's more. The mm. Sex Trap, available on Podglomerate. And our show is available on WPPM FM, 106.5 FM, Philly Cam. Philly Cam. People Power Media every Saturday at 1 p.m. in a decidedly shortened form, um, which I realize we're going to have to shorten, the, shorten it for WKDU as yes. well. We're only getting hours of time. There you go. So it'll be, it'll be an hour show. Yeah. On the radio, but the podcast, podcast, it's a lot. That's, that's why you should listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast, it's all that, and then some. Hook it up. But we'll be back next week with Superfly. I forgot Regina King. I forgot Regina King. How I forget Regina King. Mm, mm, See mm, what I'm saying? Mm, mm, See, it was, it was mm. too much pressure. You put so much pressure on me. Mm. I'm Len. That forgetful hump over there is Vince. I mean, since Westworld has been on, like, you know, I'm all Dandy Newton. I'm Team Tandy Newton. I mean, you know. It's... Mm. 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 Neil Long. Amen. All day. Every day. Oh. All right. You know why it's Neil Long? You know how I can say that it's Neil Long? How? Because even after all these years, when she's on screen with a guy, I'm jealous. You're jealous of the guy. I am so jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. Guy could be playing her son. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. jealous. Make sure you don't write that on some paper and mail that to her. That's how you get nah. some situations with a restraining order. <laughs> I, or yeah. so I've heard. Yes. 
Yes, as you as you as you've written in that book, <laughs> one thousand ways to get a restraining order. <laughs> we gotta go. This has been way too long. <laughs> we are both done. In parting, we say, "We'll see you when it's time to meet again." It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.